0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Welcome in to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks. And you can hear us on all the podcast platforms, as well as the TuneIn app, on the Believe Radio Station, so go to the TuneIn app, look up the Believe Radio Station, and you can hear all your favorite Believe podcasts, including yours truly, the Hog Talk podcast. And we are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company and Bet Online. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest wager on all your favorite sports contests, events, to market lines. So go to Bet Online today to use your mobile device and join. Make your first sports bet using the promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts, and what a way to bounce back uh, for Arkansas. It, it didn't start out too well, but, you know, BYU got off to a 7-0 lead. And in between <clears throat> where I was at in Branson at Silver Dollar City and we were shopping and we got to watch a lot of the game. So it, it was very nice to see Arkansas get back on track It was very nice to – I want to just – the quarterback play. How KJ was playing and throwing the ball. Everybody was saying, you know, it was nice for them to open up the playing. But just how he commanded that whole game. Rocket Sanders going off. I mean, everything played out. I know, you know, the the secondary and the defense was still getting touched up a little bit. But Hudson Clark come up with a huge interception. They got the key – plays when they needed it so Jacob you know what was your takes from the game and and coming up to a much needed bye week to get some of these kids healthy I mean what what are you expecting
0: yeah man so they came out with a huge victory KJ started four of nine passing for like 30 something yards it was not a good start uh and Raheem Sanders obviously he fumbled like in the fifth play of the ball game it was not an ideal start and we all thinking oh here we go again uh it's just, it's just one of those days. And, you know, you felt like BYU was going to go up two touchdowns early. And Arkansas really just responded well. And KJ, I think he went, what, 25 or 30 the rest of the way. That is outstanding quarterback play. He was dishing the ball to 10 different receivers. Six of them had 40 or more receiving yards uh, yesterday. That is splendid offensive football and something that you can hang your hat on the rest of the way. Uh, defensively, they when they needed the stops because BYU was moving the ball and they had momentum. Even though Arkansas was still up by three, it did not feel safe. And then Hudson Clark steps up in in um, in the secondary, picks the ball off, and completely changed the uh, the rest of the way. I think uh, BYU only scored fourteen points. And then like the third, the half, the third quarter on. I think BYU only had 60 yards of offense, scored zero points. And, I mean, they, the defense stood up. They changed from the three-man front – or changed to the three-man front. And like we mentioned uh, earlier, I thought it was a risky gamble, but it really paid off. And guys were – Dwight McLaughlin responded. Hudson Clark responded. Shout-out to Trent Gordon, Kawan Parker, for guys that, that were coming in after Malik Chavez's injury. Uh, a lot of key guys – came, or a lot of guys came up in key moments throughout the uh, second half of that game, Porter. And Arkansas was able to come away with a huge victory on the road. Beautiful Provo, Utah. And, man, it just feels better. You, you're going into the bye week. It's time to get people healthy. And thank God K.J. Jefferson didn't hurt himself any more than what he did. Uh, it was just a next stinger there at the end of that ball game. So, Porter, man, another week. and it, uh, But finally – they're back in the winner's circle, and uh, I really watch. I don't know if you saw the video of uh, of Sam Pittman getting ready to turn that jukebox on, but it was a. It gave me chills just because he was he's been ready to say that for four weeks now, and they're finally able to do it.
1: You you, you could tell in the press conference this week he was itching for a win. And, and as much as a coach doesn't want to play his cards and his emotions, he's an emotional guy. You could see oh, yeah. it was concerning to him and how. He wanted a win. He wanted to get back on the winning track. He wanted to get the uh, another back on the winning ways, especially right before this bye week. But I want to bring up, a, you talk about that the interception from Clark. If you go back and watch that play, if he doesn't come over and get that ball, it's a touchdown, BYU. Oh, yeah. The guy got toasted. I mean, he was 10, 15 yards away from the defender, and Hudson come over and got the interception. And then, if you think about it, I mean, that that could have busted the game wide open. You know, so for Arkansas to get that interception and then the play of the day, KJ, again, I mean, I don't know how many guys it takes to tackle him, but they didn't have enough because, I mean, they had him wrapped up twice and he still got away and got the ball off. I mean, this guy, you talk about wanting to come back to Arkansas and play for the Razorbacks and come back, and, and this is what – was very what we had talked about a week before when we were talking about leading up to this the, the Mississippi State game, and I would much rather have him as full healthy as possible, other than you just try to rush him out there to get to try to get out there and get a win. And if he goes out there against Mississippi State 60% and gets hurt and, and he's out for the rest of the season, you know, you well, like we explained, you could take the Mississippi State loss and still end up with nine wins for the season and still have a very good year. So, getting him that week, getting his the confidence. I mean, just uh, the play where he was looking to the left, looking to the left, and he threw the touchdown pass right down the middle of the end zone. I mean, just the way he was looking, and it, it was. He's been getting a bad rap all year about being so predictable, and how he looked the secondary off, and then went to the middle of the field, and scored a touchdown. I thought I was that was that was more impressive than him getting almost tackled. And they get away from it. just how he did in the passing game. I mean, five touchdown passes, three hundred. and he finished with um three hundred and fifty three hundred and sixty seven yards passing and five touchdowns. And then another one. everybody Ooh. was saying Matt Landers. where's he been? Three touchdowns. Trey Knox had a touchdown. So I'm telling you it was it, it was very good. and he got another will route touchdown to uh, to Binion, so, this is one of the most complete games on the offensive side you've seen. It's what we've wanted. But now if we go into the bye week, let's get some of these defenders healthy. Let, let, let's get them going, and, and you got a next game up.
0: Yeah, I know you probably didn't need to watch
1: a lot of the game, but Cam Ball, man,
0: the redshirt freshman defensive lineman, defensive tackle, he is 6'5", 3'10", 3'15", somewhere around there. The guy was a force, especially in the second half uh in in run defense he's he's in the backfield constantly for the hogs uh i I really want to shout out to him i I was giving shout outs to a lot of other guys earlier but cam was a really good looking uh defensive tackle coming out of uh, high school and you know out of sheer size and mass you would think oh yeah that guy's got to play early but you got to remember like in the sec you don't see freshmen and and uh maybe redshirt freshmen get in there and play early it's just like the guys that are from in-state, like Zach Williams and, and uh, Jashad Stewart. It's their time to shine as seniors. But having a guy that's just like, the, you, you look at him, you're like, that's an SEC football player. The guy's getting, his, uh, getting the run now out there on the field. And I want to see uh, more from him going forward because the guy, I think he's a game changer. I mean, not this year, but I think the years to come, a uh, bright spot for this defensive line.
1: And, and you know, another thing that was really good about the game, you know, they was 12 of 15 on third down conversions. So they took a, a a play out of the opposing playbook, you know, um, BYU was 7 of 13. And if you really look at the breakdown, just take the offense away from it for a minute. And you take a yeah. breakdown of this game and you look at the penalties, 7 of 7 penalties for 98 yards, almost 100 yards of penalty yards. They was 7 of 13 for, you know, on third down conversions, 356 yards passing, 115 yards rushing. That right there does not seem like it was a 52 to 35 game. But when you look at the other side of it and what Arkansas was to do, I mean, it, it it's crazy. You know, Trey Knox come up again. I mean, in crucial key catches down the middle and down the sideline. I mean, he come through. And he's one of them guys that I've been praising all year of wanting to get back in the rhythm, get back in this lineup and, and be that one of the go-to receivers, and he did. But it you can't, you can't say enough against, you know, Rocket Sanders. Again, 175 yards yeah. rushing. I mean, he he's just that – the guy that when you need a first down, when you need a long breakaway run and just – I mean, that play where he took the ball and just went off, I mean – you could see a little bit of that other number five that played for Arkansas back in the day. I mean, I yeah. won't compare him. There's, there's, there's no other. No, you know, there's, there's no sense. other D But it's like you just seen a glimpse of. Any time number five runs down that left hash line, it takes him back to that LSU game and when with the the Casey Dick block. You know, it just that's what it. And then when he had the big game against South Carolina. So, you know, it just brings back those memories, but he's doing it on his own. It's not like he's wearing the number five and kind of having mediocre numbers. I mean, he's having killer numbers, and I don't know where he's at on the season, but, you know, getting that performance yesterday against BYU, he had a... And he only had 15 carries for 175 yards. So, longest was 64 and two touchdowns. So... Definitely going to be an all SEC guy when when it comes down to it. If I I don't see another running back in the in the SEC better than him, so if he doesn't get first team all SEC for his performance in SEC play, I'll be highly disappointed because I don't see another running back. I really don't see another running back in the nation that's doing what he's doing. So I know it kind of gets taken. What's that?
0: They'll probably put the Alabama Jameer Gibbs. Up there at first team anyway. I mean, he's had a really good year, too. He's come along. But Rocket, like you said, in the run game and the pass game, there's not anybody better. He's got 1,059 yards and eight touchdowns this season. I mean, absolutely phenomenal performance so far through seven games. And, yeah, the, I mean, in, even in the country, there's not anybody, maybe besides the Illinois running back, hey, uh, Bert I mean, Brett Bielema, I'm sorry, Uh, But, you know, maybe the Illinois running back, that's about the only other guy in the country that's outperforming Rocket. So, and Rocket's doing it against SEC defenses every single week. So, yeah, and and he's – I think he's had – I think he had like 135 yards last season against Ole Miss, and he's beat his career high four times this season.
1: Well, Rocket Sanders has got 870 yards rushing, seven touchdowns. On 140 attempts, and Gibbs yeah. has 635 five touchdowns on 88 attempts, so he's got it beat on the average.
0: Your, yeah, what's what's Gibbs got in the receiving game?
1: Um, let's see, running back stats. It's just showing his rushing right now. Um, okay, but I mean, it, it's still the fact that when we look at the running back and what he's doing, right. it, it's just. You, you can't – I know having the the Bama uh, – what, what do you call it? The Bama name. The Bama bias. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be on there. And, it, and I'll tell you what, it, it was only it, – it was really cool to see them go down. And, and for the year, he's got 268 yards receiving three touchdowns. So, he's okay. got all together eight total touchdowns. And let's go eight. He's got – so, he's got one more. If you want to go all-purpose yards, he's got – Eight hundred and something yards, all purpose, and eight touchdowns. So, so it, Rocket's outdoing him then. Yes, I mean if you let's see, look at um, I'm looking right now at his stats, and I'm trying to figure out his receiving stats as well, but it's not coming up. Yeah, um, yeah
0: Rocket has 179 yards receiving this okay. season. So you uh, got him and, nine touchdowns.
1: one touchdown. So they're even at eight eight on the touchdowns, and he's got more yards. So I mean it is hand in hand what they're doing, but um you you just can't look at what Sanders means to this team absolutely and and take away, and I know k j means just as much but we're talking about running backs. rocket means just as much as this as anybody in in the country.
0: yeah, he's one of the most meaningful offensive players in the country i mean especially impactful because he's doing it against everybody. Uh, Mississippi State last week I mean when you get your quarterback back too that also means a lot because you know they were all keying in on Rocket last week against Mississippi State obviously Malik uh, was able to burn them with his legs on a couple of long runs against State but I, I mean he's had six 100 yard games this season uh, and that one game that he didn't have 100 yards it was against Mississippi State last week so Obviously, he's having such big, such a huge uh, uh, pull right? as far as we, the mo- if you want if you need the momentum at any time uh, throughout any game, it's you got to give it to Rock. And then you know if you can continue this passing game, Porter. Like if you get Bl- Matt Landers, and I was hard on him in Week One because he dropped a, uh, a uh, for sure touchdown, and then he dropped a for sure touchdown against South Carolina, and I was kind of hard about it. I hard on him about it didn't call him out on social media or anything, but I thought you know you got to have those, but what kind of of uh momentum does or, or kind of mojo does this give Matt Landers a three touchdown performance just short of a hundred yards with ninety eight but he was do was on fire what do you think that does for him going forward it, it gives you
1: it gives you the same confidence of what KJ had coming off the injury i mean you look yeah. at coming off the injury i guess we can technically say that now. Um, Yeah, it gives him a lot of because he sees that. He sees, and that's the thing with social media now. They see that stuff. And sometimes what's said, I mean, that, for us who talk about the game, for us who break down games, for us that, you know, that's part of what we do. We wonder why these guys aren't performing. We're not going at them personally. And that's, and it's crazy. And and I learned this and I, sometimes I can't stand his takes. Sometimes he's just way off. But, you know, Stephen A. Smith talked about, like, he don't care what it is. When it comes to you're talking about the person's productivity. You're talking about them as a football player, a basketball player, a baseball player. All bets are off. When you go at them personally and you say personally they suck or personally they're horrible or you start trashing their character, then you're crossing that line. Absolutely. But to say, hey, you should have that. You're an SEC receiver, right? You're a D1 scholarship athlete. Yes, you should have the easy ones. You should have tougher ones. You shouldn't just be able to catch the breadbasket ones, you know. And going back to Rocket Sanders, you know, Kevin brings up a big point. You know, he shares the snaps with two other. Look at Darren McFadden. If he wouldn't have had Felix Jones and Peyton Hillis in the backfield, what would his numbers would have been like when it comes to that Heisman voting when it when it comes down to it you're sharing the snap so i mean he brought up a really good point there and then again Blake Rufino our our good guy down there at LSU go tigers so we're going to be seeing you in a couple of weeks buddy so <laughs> but um, I,
0: I, hey listen they're dangerous uh, I, say, I, I was i was worried about Jaden <laughs> Daniels that guy he can put up some numbers man he's solid yeah uh, I was very surprised by the Arizona State transfer at LSU. I know this is a hog talk podcast and not the, not the, uh, AYS. Yeah. We got to give him a shout out though. That's our buddy. Or my buddy Carter at a power hour LSU. Uh, You know, I know he, he occasionally watches, but yeah, they, uh, they're doing some good things. They're five and two. So yeah. Shout out to LSU and, because I did, I don't, I didn't expect them to be this uh, where they are right now this season at five and two, especially the way it started. But, but back on the Razorback things, I, I can't wait to see that number five burn LSU. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of give you some flashbacks to, uh, to do some of that Derrick McFadden stuff. And I know it's so hard to compare guys like that, but honestly, Rocket is the closest running back that we've had to to a number five. I know we've had great running backs. I know we've had the Nile Davis and, and Alex Collins and Jonathan Williams, but really, I mean, not just because he wears number five, but rocket is just, he's an electrifying playmaker. And we haven't seen that in a very long time. And I I tweeted about that. I mean, he's one of the, he's going to be the, like the seventh or eighth true sophomore, to rush for a thousand yards as a Razorback—that's that's crazy. I mean, that—that's not been done. And I think Arkansas has only had two running backs uh, rush for a thousand yards in a season. Yeah. So I mean, even though Rocket Rocket didn't do that last year, it's still impressive that even as a sophomore, Rocket's been able to do that. I think he probably could have done it last year, but he was sharing the sharing the load with four four
1: different running backs. Why do we push ourselves? So, Sorry about that. I was looking at this video on ESPN kind of when I was looking at R- Rocket Sanders stats and you brought up a point of like sharing the load. But when you're t- 6'2", 227, you know, it, you, you, you've you got to have a break. I mean,
0: load. He's I mean, that's the thing.
1: He, he's a big back and he is doing everything he's doing. He's not this 5'10", 185 running back. He's 6'2", 227 and he's sitting there bulldozing people and just running past people. I mean, it is. It is close. When you look at, the, you compare the the size and the the weight and how they run. I now I don't think he's near as fast as McFadden, but I mean, just just the style. When you we, we just say we're not talking about talent and all that stuff, but we're looking at the style of the running back. He kind you know he just has that feel of what you used to see with the running game and. When you open up the passing game and you have to start really not just keying on him, now you got to start respecting. It's funny, I take it. I was, it's kind of a tangent. It's like I was watching a happy Gilmore over the weekend and it was like when he learned how to putt and he was like, yeah. happy learned how to putt. It was like everybody had been dogging KJ on his passing. And we've even said, I've said stuff about, you know, the open passes and missed throws. And that performance, he was like, hey, K.J. learned how to pass, you know, and, and it was like when these games come up, now you're not going to be king on him as just a running quarterback. You're not going to be king on either he's going to try to make something with his legs or he's going to dump pass it or wheel route. They're really going to have to from here on out, and I'm telling you what, what the big scary thing is, they figured out this offense got everything clicking and they have a full week to get really get going with this. Really tune things up, get guys healthy and get ready for Auburn. Yeah. And
0: really, Auburn put up a fight against Ole Miss that I did not know they had. And, you know, Auburn's known for defense over the past decade and a half. But they really put up a fight against Ole Miss. Uh and I really think Arkansas though, the way that they are moving the football every single week, they just needed to find ways out to get the ball in the end zone. Because there's been times this season that if the field was 80 yards, Arkansas would score on almost every single possession. But now now they're starting. I mean, that is probably what they needed most. That was the probably the best looking offensive form, performance Arkansas's had since the old miss game last season, where it, they were almost automatic every single drive uh, trying to get the ball and move the ball out in the end zone. So. Being able to have that, and then you think about guys that you could get back against Auburn. you got Miles Slusher, Jaden Johnson, Kari Johnson, uh, Malik Chavis, who missed the uh, final three quarters of the game. Uh, I know I'm missing one more uh, defensive back that uh, you may not get uh, – mean need to get back healthy. Um, you have Latavius Brenny that uh, he's been playing hurt a lot. You had Bumper Pool playing hurt a lot. So you have this time to get all these guys healthy, and that may be what Arkansas needed, just like last season when they were struggling with depth uh, during the middle part of the year and they lost three in a row. This bye week comes at such a crucial time because you got your win, you got the momentum, you've got the monkey off your back. Now you have the focus on what can we do to end this streak against Auburn because it's a mighty long streak, and I get tired of losing to these guys. What can be done? Because you're running game right now, and in the passing game, I don't want to say it, Porter. I'm not going to say it's unstoppable, because they are. But they look pretty believable and made a believer out of me that they can go down there to the Plains and have plenty of good success against Auburn. Well, as long as, hold on, as long as, who's that official, uh, Mark Curls? Yeah, he, he don't do Auburn, that
1: anymore. They moved him.
0: Oh thank goodness! Yeah. As long as he's
1: not there, we're, they're going to be fine. Well, I mean, and, and the deal is too. We got to look at this, and this is no, this is no disrespect for BYU. They're not an SEC team. Oh no! And and when you look at the fourth quarter and look into the second half, when you start wearing them down with that running game, like we said, we talked about it. You know what it's going to take. It's going to basically be Arkansas's running game against their passing game. Well, we got proven wrong because Arkansas's passing game. Come out and just had a had a day as well, and the whole offense was clicking. The thing that really is going to be intriguing about this game is both teams are going to be coming off a bye week going into this game in Auburn. So, I mean, you're going on the road to Auburn, but you get a bye week. Ever since they're, you know, they're coming off a three game losing skit, and so you had a heartbreaker against LSU. You get thumped by. Georgia, you try to get back on track, but you still lose by 14 to Ole Miss at Ole Miss. So, it's going to be – this is where, when you look at things behind the scenes and you look at things going on in the locker room, you're going into a bye week and there is a lot of talk about Harson's job safety. There, there, There's a lot of talk about the hot seat. So, this game coming up for Arkansas is going to be the BYU game for or the game up against Arkansas for Auburn is going to be like the BYU game for Arkansas when it comes to, all right, we're looking at Auburn's side of thing. You're sitting at three and four, one and three in conference. Coach is on the hot seat. What are we going to make of this season? Are we going to just hang it up? Because I'm telling you right now, you, you hang it up against Arkansas, and Arkansas just goes in there and wins. They've got Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Western Kentucky, and then Bama. So, that, that's, that's the dangerous thing we really need to look at. We're a team that we haven't beaten since 2015. We really need to look at what we're going into and, and respect this game, and I think they will. You know how Sam Pittman is. You know how Arkansas is. Because you've got to look at this yeah. thing from a whole, from a whole point of the program's yeah. aspect of where's their head at, all right? If these players know that their coach is on the hot seat, are they gonna sit there and all right, coach, we got you, we're gonna turn this season around for you, or are they gonna be like, Hey, we're just not feeling it. We wanna win, but you know, it's it's just the thing is I don't I wanna see more out of this offense and, and especially the defense, because you're going into Jordan Hare and you're not going into BYU stadium. Yeah. And and
0: Auburn's gotta, Auburn's got hard. And they proved that this past week by fighting back against uh, against Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is a really good team. Man, I'm not going to discount anything. They've got a phenomenal rushing offense. And kind of similar to us, like Kaybo said uh, in a tweet of uh, tweet he replied to me in earlier, he was just talking about how close the Ole Miss and Arkansas uh, offenses are. And, and you know, it's kind of like the Chad Morris there at Auburn right now, with, with Arkansas with Auburn right now. Is Auburn about to let go of the rope? Because Auburn's old, uber talented. I mean, they've got they've got studs all over the field, and they have for the past decade now. They they had the players to to be an eight to nine to ten win team every year. But they, I mean, it's it's been it's been a rough go at it with Brian Harsin. Are they going to let go of the rope with Horson once once adversity hits? Because we saw how they were under Arkansas was under Chad Morris, and I kind of see it as the same situation. Is the guys basically a lame duck coach, and like you said, are they just going to come out and, and just just lay down and and because they know what their fate is, or are they going to fight? And I want to see a fight because I don't want to see. Well, Arkansas got they of the street because you know Auburn, you know, coach is out the door. Auburn fans are gonna have an asterisk saying, you know, eh, it'll just be the six years because we were bad. Well, we did the same thing against Chiswick in uh, 2012 when uh, both teams, uh, Chiswick was on the hot seat and John L. Smith was uh, the interim coach. We we saw though, we saw how that how that was, but. You know, but if you're I making really, excuses really for losses, if, you, can't, you can't
1: make excuses for losses. Because yeah. if, that, no, if that's the case, Arkansas can make an excuse for the last ten years of their program or, or nine years of their program. I mean, a of there. There's you know, a lot of excuses. <laughs> so, treat, treat your program better. But, you know, Kevin Hensley makes a, a comment here, wonder if they will try Dominic Johnson in a di- different position next year or will he transfer. I mean, this is a tough situation. Because, you know, you got Rocket Sanders who's doing as well as he is. And then you got DeBinion who's proven to be that dual threat, you know, running back. So, um, it's hard to see where that, you know, he goes. And, And also, you know, Sam Pittman had said, you know, there's a lot of players that are playing hurt. Is he one of those players that he's not mentioning by name? You know, I mean, it, what what's the stats when it comes to him, the status of him? Because yeah, he didn't get any touches in the um the game, so
0: he I had mean, a couple of snaps. I don't yeah. think he ever touched. He either. didn't have
1: any carries, according to the the stats on the BYU uh, website I'm looking at. But I mean, yeah. that is a good comment. I mean, what happens? But when you are running a, an offense like that, where this guy might need snaps, I mean you need all the weapons at running back you can. So it, it, I think it all comes down to where he wants to be because you look at Rocket Sanders as a sophomore, you know, DeBinion. Um, what what, what classification is DeBinion? He's a freshman. Freshman. A so freshmen. you've got a freshman. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could be one of the things where um, he, he might into the transfer portal, you know, but and that's crazy that we have to uh, think about that these days, but that's just the way football is.
0: Yeah. And, and and that's, you know, that's how it is. You're right. And, and it hurts to see because he comes back and says he's the best, biggest time we've never got to use since Raleigh Williams. And I like that comparison because Raleigh, you know, he, you know, he got hurt and he come back and then he got hurt again. And we never got to see what see him reach his full potential. And that's kind of what we've seen with Dominique Johnson, because he was arguably one of Arkansas's best running back, if not the best running back on the field. And, and most of his yardage that he picked up in the latter half, was the latter half of the season after the UAPB game when with, like, six games left. So the, I don't think he's as great of a player as Raleigh Williams, but I do wish we could see more of him. I wish he could be healthy and, and impact this uh, uh, Razorback offense because he is a 6'2", 247-pound running back. I mean, in goal line situations or – Third and short, fourth and short situations—you wish you could have that type of player. Well, and he might afraid to go and hit that contact. Well, he might have more
1: talent, but I I hear just just this is not taking anything away from him. He might have more talent, but if I want DeBinion out there, I mean DeBinion had you know yeah he only had four four carries for sixteen yards, but he ended up he did in
0: the passing exactly.
1: He had four for forty and then had that touchdown. So I don't think when when you look at dual threat, you know. As a running back, that bull rush type of guy, yeah, Dominic Johnson's that guy. And and here's what we're looking at. Well, let, let's let, let's look at how fans think. We're, we're taking account. We're rolling over how he had his year last year. That's you know, true. we're looking at what, and this is no, this isn't a, a dig on any fan. This is this is just how the the process goes. We're, we're looking at what he did last year and rolling it over into this year. But now we've got a guy in Dominion, who's passed him up. That's what happens when you're in the SEC. You're going to get these guys that come in and do work and overtake somebody. And I think that's what's happened. So to sit there and, in a way, he is – I'm not saying he's knocking the I just think the fact that you're not looking at the whole package of what you need. And if you got a dual-threat guy who can fully produce, you want him on the field. And, like I said – takes nothing away from dominique but when you've got a guy that can produce in the running game give sanders some break and then he could come out of the backfield go into the flat i mean even if you don't use him in a wheel route you use him at a decoy and you sit there and hit him in the middle the field get a first down i mean you've got a sure-handed running back i mean that that's that's where that talent you i, I wouldn't even I, i'd have to agree to disagree on the whole talent thing but we are up against a break, but hey, we're going to continue this conversation after the break along with the men's basketball team got started with their red-white game. We'll finish up the podcast with that, but hey, stick with us. We're going to you know, talk to our sponsors here for a little bit, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter, your pasture brush hogged, or need your driveway bladed? Here at Grind It Ride Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. We are locally owned and operated. So call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641.
0: Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in south-central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Com. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescriptions with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop all your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121.
1: Camelot Exteriors specializes in identifying hail, wind, and other storm damage, as well as residential and commercial roof installations and re-roofing. We use only the highest quality materials from certified suppliers while putting a lifetime labor warranty on all of our roofs. Our mission is to provide our customers with the highest quality roofing project customized to fit each one of their needs and to provide exceptional service through the entire process. Camelot Exteriors is based in Norman, Oklahoma, but we proudly currently serve nine other states as a premier nationwide roofing company. So call us today at 833-799-7663 for your free estimate. Camelot Exteriors, your storm damage restoration experts. If you want the best service and prices in Northwest Arkansas and Southwest Missouri for all your plumbing and electrical needs, then look no further than Corey Hyman, the plumbing electrical supply guy. is in full steam ahead and providing the best electrical plumbing and septic supply service around. So call Corey at 479-301-8220 or email him at chyman, that's H-I-N-D-M-A-N, at AndersonP.com. Again, that is 479- Three zero one, eight two two zero, and we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast, and we'll keep that going on. You know, with the running back situation moving forward, and now that we're coming up to a bye week, got Auburn. I mean, now we're we're past that breaking point of you know looking to all right. We got our kind of our offense set, you know, and, and we're looking at guys like Dominic Johnson, and if he was to enter the transfer portal and. You know, and then what DeBinion's done. You know, it's this is the way of how Sam Pittman wants his players to come in. You come in and earn your spot. And just because you had the starting spot last year doesn't automatically mean you're going to get the starting spot this year. And with with what Dominic Johnson's done, and I know, you know, injuries is part of the game, and I'm not saying that talent-wise that DeBinion's overtaking because, I mean, Johnson could be still, like I said, be hurt. So it's just – that's how the game is played. It's how things go. But just how Debinion's really taken over that spot, taking advantage of when you get in, no offense to the guy that's behind you, but you still got to do your work. You can't be thinking about, man, I feel bad that I'm out here and he's not, because you still got to go out there and produce because that's what you're doing for the team. You're still giving, having to give your all for the team.
0: He was muted there. Yeah, there you far. go. There you go. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was like, what in the world's going on? Uh, anyway, so A.J. Green also had a fantastic day. He had 15 uh, touches for 91 yard 91 total yards rushing and receiving, too. That's a really cool thing about the Kendall Browns offense is uh, their uh, the way they use the running backs in the passing game. And and that's what they like about DeBinion and A.J. Green. They're both about the same size. Uh, they have the elusiveness uh, in the backfield to make things happen to get those extra yards out of the backfield on, like especially on the screen passes. And I know that uh, Rashad had one bad play yesterday, but a lot of it had to do with BYU uh, sniffed it out on the uh, shovel pass there. Uh, and that was really the only negative play Arkansas had on offense all day long was that uh, shovel pass. So A.J. Green, the guy that, I really think, you know, if, if Rashad DeBinion has really emerged as maybe the number two guy, then AJ Green has to be two A because they're both getting about the same amount of, uh, of run as, uh, as anybody or, you know, uh, on that, uh, in that running back room for, uh, the number two guy. And then obviously Dominique Johnson was brought in on obvious passing downs, like especially on third downs. Uh, He's been one of Arkansas's key blockers through the past two seasons in pass protects. So, uh, yeah, Dominique Johnson, at least you have him there for that. And if you can't use him as running back, at least use him for a blocker just because, you know, he's at least good at that. Uh, And I I did remember something I was wanting to say before. uh, Shout out to Hudson Henry, uh, the Henry Legacy boy. He was the one that – he didn't pancake the – defensive lineman but he did seal the way on the block for rocket sanders 64 yard touchdown i didn't want to give him a shout out to that was a crucial block there because it made a 64 yard it turned a what could have been a 10 to 15 yard run into a explosive 64 yard touchdown run so yeah shout out to hudson henry shout out to aj uh, green for his performance at, at running back with 15 carries 91 yards
1: you said something earlier. You said the good thing about Kendall Bryles' offense. And it just made me think that I'm not hearing any fire Kendall Bryles' tweets today. I'm not hearing anything about, I mean, his play calling. Crickets. It's funny because when you have execution, there's yeah. nothing to talk about the play calling. I'm not saying that he hasn't made some, some weird, you know, He's some questionable calls. Law. But – It's funny when you produce 600 yards of offense. Where's everybody talking about his PFF ratings and his third down stats and all all the stuff that you know that goes on with? Here's the thing: it's like everybody was. We we, I had a discussion with somebody today about you know talking about three years into we're still. I had to remind them, you know. Just two years ago, we were battling with COVID and stuff. And, and, you know, your program was almost set back a whole full year, if not longer with the recruiting process, the the testing and getting your guys in a system for a full year. So when you come in and, and you're dealing with that and you're dealing with the lack of execution because you don't have the time to get there and do these things, what really is year three, year four is really year two, year three. So... Yes. But look what's clicking. Look what happens when this team gets going and gets rolling on offense. Yeah, they're—I mean—against that defense that was getting gashed on on the run game. You know, so we're—it's going to be interesting to see this Auburn matchup to see how both teams prepare. Both teams have a week off to get ready, get healed up, and get. And it's going to be a battle. I mean, this is one game that I'm not ready to, to to pick yet. I think I called the Arkansas game 38-35. I thought it was going to be a close game. Could but in the end, when how I've picked most of these games, other than the Mississippi State game, was the run game and them being able to control the clock. And they only held the ball three more minutes than BYU did, so you know. But you see that, and you look at that the the time of possession that just shows you that look what Arkansas did through the air. And when we look at the back half of this schedule, we're talking about. Their defensive might be lacking, but how many of these teams down the stretch, let, let's take out Ole Miss because they know that we can hang with, you know, they can hang with you offensively. How many of these teams down the stretch are going to be able to outscore and outmuscle Arkansas on the offensive side of the ball? Auburn? I mean, maybe, 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 yeah. I mean, Arkansas hasn't beat them, you know. I mean, they haven't got that Auburn monkey off their back yet. So, I mean, it's I'm just looking at talent this year. Let's look at this year's team. I don't know. Auburn hasn't. I mean Consistent done way, what
0: no yeah uh you got Liberty I don't see I don't see Arkansas having issues with Liberty I mean they are on their backup quarterback um, LSU
1: I mean that's gonna be that's, an iffy game that's, that's always that's, a team
0: that's gonna yeah but it's at home yep too so I mean you've obviously got Razorback stadium and you're fighting you're basically if you beat Auburn and you beat uh, Liberty you are ball And so that gets the monkey off your back there. You can bring Larry the bowling ball back out and celebrate after Liberty. But, you know, and then you have Missouri, which Missouri has only scored, I think, 67 points on offense this season. They've they've allowed, like, 72, something like that, a crazy number. And they're, like, two and four. Like, you've given up 72-something points. This season, here two and four. That's just in just freaking crazy to me, especially in this day day and age of offensive power college football.
1: Yeah, and you look at the LSU game. You know, LSU's got Ole Miss and Alabama before Arkansas, and I think the way it looks. um they got Ole Miss, bye week, Alabama, Arkansas. So they got about, and it seems like it's crazy. LSU always gets awarded this bye week before the Bama week. I don't know what it is Blake, yeah. maybe, if, he, if he's still watching, I need him to <laughs> confirm why LSU always gets this bye week before the Bama game. It's funny how they always uh, grant them that wish. But I had the privilege to go on Pig Trail Nation and do the face-off with Christine Long and the Southwest Times record, and yeah. the question was, which – trophy will Arkansas win and I was given the opportunity to debate the boot and I want to tell you right now look (laughs) doing this what we do live is totally different than being on TV looking in the camera on TV all right you got one take to do this let's go so I had the chance privilege to do the boot have all my notes ready and all that stuff and then I was just breaking down the schedule of why I think Arkansas is going to beat LSU and it was a meaningful and I don't think that the Battle Line Trophy is a real trophy. I don't think – I know it's going to get me in trouble by some people. I don't know. But it's just – I don't see it as a real trophy. You can't build something, throw a, a corporate sponsor on it, and call it a trophy or call it a rivalry. So that's just my opinion on it. So I went with the boot. Christina went with the uh, – um, Battleline Trophy, and she is a Missouri alum, so of course I had to call her Judas for you know turning her back on her own school <laughs> and going against them like that. So if you if you didn't get a chance to look at it, go on Pick Trail Nation. Um, it was on their Saturday morning preview show. They have a thing up go vote. Try to give me some votes because I'm sure I'm going to need it because that, that was it, like I said, it it was just a rough go when it would come to uh, being uh, looking at your phone, thinking you had your notes and stuff, and then when lights, camera, action, you, you kind of muffed a little bit. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, you did a great job. I watched it, and I think I shared it on the Hog Talk Facebook page if you uh, want to get the link there, too. So, no, you did a great job, man. You really broke it down well. And, I, like, it's, it's a meaningful game. LSU-Arkansas, when it was played on Thanksgiving Day, you knew, man, it was going to be a, a crazy back-and-forth tilt. And that's how it's been for, I mean, besides maybe two or three times, this this Arkansas LSU, it just means more of a rivalry. And and I just, you know, I can get behind the Missouri battle line rivalry. I think if they would have just let it be organic. Yes, be, be exactly. Organic exactly. Rivalry, instead of forcing it right away in 2014, I think if you would have let it happen organically over time, maybe by now, eight years later, it would feel different, especially yeah. Arkansas losing, what, five or six straight games between 2015 and 2021. And, and Arkansas had the game won so many times, like this 2016 game where they lost that 20-point what twenty point lead, and then they lost that uh, heartbreaker in Fayetteville and Brett's last game, and then they got absolutely mauled in uh, the Chad Morris's first season, and then... I know I'm going back on history. And then in 2019, you had the Barry Lennon game. That was close. And then you had the heartbreaker in Sam Pittman's first year. That was enough to make it a rivalry game because Arkansas would have wanted it more. But, you know, I just – now I think it can be okay. We can call it something else besides a battle line rivalry because it would have meant something more now. But, you know, I think the LSU-Arkansas rivalry with just so much history – so much back and forth action through the years. I think you're right picking the Arkansas one because it just means more. Not saying they won't beat Missouri because I think they will, but but yeah, I think you had a you had a great uh, great point there. It just it just means more.
1: Well, when you take the SEC took away the game after Thanksgiving, so you take away the game that was the rivalry game. You put it out of Little Rock. Which that was, I mean, that's the thing. We talk about these Little Rock games. I wonder, I guarantee you, who wouldn't go to Little Rock, Memorial Stadium the day after Thanksgiving and watch this game if it was the Arkansas LSU game? That was the game. So when you take that game away from Arkansas's schedule at that point, you try to put it, it's almost like the new girlfriend. You're not over your ex and they bring the new girlfriend around. You bring in this new game and this new trophy, and you try to put it in Little Rock, and you try to put it in Fayetteville and and Columbia, and then you put a trophy on it. It's hard for me to look at it the same way as we did the LSU game. If it was a different week, if Arkansas played Missouri in a different week, maybe, maybe. But they're playing – it's like like I said, it's like you break up with a girl and then you move the new girl in your house. It's Same day, yeah. same all this. We're going to try to make it a rivalry just like the LSU did because everything. It just doesn't – it it didn't do it for me, and I'm sure it didn't do it for many other Arkansas fans. So that's why – there's there's many factors of why I, I don't see it as a rivalry. I mean, it kind of had its spark, like you're trying to start this fire – When the when the linebacker was running his mouth, but they didn't back it up, and Missouri won. Then when Drink come into town, having Arkansas ties, he was running his mouth, and but it was like I I want to see more of what happens between Pittman and Drink before we start calling this a rivalry, you know. And it's just one of the things that there's there's a lot of games that they have trophy games that people don't even realize, you know, but there's a lot of cool ones. And I'm not taking anything away from the trophy. The trophy looks cool, you know, having the Missouri – or I think it's the yellow on one side and the red on the other side. I think I've seen it during during the segment. But it's just – you can't replace one thing, throw it on another game and call it a rivalry. Texas A&M game is more of a rivalry than the Missouri game.
0: Yeah, it's because Texas A&M and Arkansas were so such rivals during the Southwest Conference time, and then uh, Kevin starts he's talking about they need to make one for Arkansas Texas. They might once they join the SEC. I don't know. Nah, well I don't know. You know, I'll I'll call Dave. Let's call David Basil up and see uh, see what he thinks. You can't call it pure hate because uh, I think there's a. A uh, rivalry it's already called that, so that's probably already got the uh, trademark of. But man, there's just well, and man, you, you, and, you, and it's got to you go both ways. The rivalry, fifty-six to twenty-two, though, too.
1: But it, it's got no. Well, no, because look at the Clemson South Carolina rivalry. That's in-state hate, but Clemson's up thirty-five games on them. I mean, they'll never yeah. they'll never come close to tying that rivalry with Clemson. But it's in-state. It's the hatred. Look at Tennessee and Arkansas in baseball. How quickly that thing flamed up. That is a yeah. rivalry when both teams – I don't care. I mean, when we look at – it doesn't – you don't have to play them for 60 years for it to be a rivalry. If yeah. both teams hate each other equally, the fan bases hate each other equally, that's a rivalry. Yeah. Look how quick – as soon as Tony Vitello went to Tennessee and they had that game. Rivalry. You know, yeah. that's just how – look at the Ole Miss series. The Ole Miss series was a Rivalry. I mean it's not as much anymore. I think it's been sir I think Tennessee's the ultimate. Like you wanna talk about a game in April where you're not gonna find a ticket. That series oh, yeah. against Tennessee, you're not gonna find a ticket. They're gonna to have to build these Freaking construction containers and put them across the creek across the pond. And there, there's a manufacturing plant. They might shut down that parking lot and put bleachers there just so people can. <laughs> I'm serious. That is. You might as well put a big screen out. That's there. That's how intense this rivalry's become.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah. that that's just my definition of a true rivalry. The Arkansas Texas is to is and I know other people's had this take, but it's a one sided rivalry. Arkansas looks at this game, this rivalry. Beating Texas the way – it's just its not saying it doesn't mean nothing to Texas, but when it comes to who's Texas rivalry, it's the OU game. Oklahoma. Arkansas yeah. Is yeah. on yeah. down the line a little bit because they're not in the conference. But when it comes to the Arkansas side of it, yeah, it's one of their top rivalries.
0: Yeah, and you were talking about Drink earlier. That guy, he talked so much crap early on in his tenure, especially with the, he said, oh, that school down south, that guy might get canned before the Missouri Arkansas mm-hmm. game if he if he ends up going if they're two and eight or two and nine going into that Arkansas game he may be gone. And that's how, that's you know that's sad because I I really don't like the guy. He's such a he's such a smarty and and he just he's he's so witty that it just makes you angry. It makes you spiteful no. because you're like. I well, want to you see that guy lose.
1: You wanted to like him because he had Arkansas ties until he opened his mouth. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely. what it was. You want you wanted to get behind him. He had that Arkansas tie just like the Vitello stuff. Yeah. You want to hate them. You respect them as a program. Absolutely. If you can't look at the Tennessee baseball program, what he's done there, you, and not respect them, then you you're wearing the rose-colored glasses because you're not seeing oh, yeah. what's going on over there. But there's no respect when it comes to Missouri and drink because they haven't done anything other than run their mouth. Yeah, Arkansas right. finally got a win against them. But still yet, I mean, even though Missouri's got the upper hand in the Arkansas game, doesn't mean that we can't sit there and not respect them as a team. You know, and Adam Hall brings up, you know, UA trophy over the Battle Line trophy. Uh, I think it's just one of them things where you don't have to put a tr- a trophy – on that game, for it to mean something, I think yeah. my, my chemistry teacher in high school taught me one thing, and this is one of the few things I learned at Ozark High School for every rule there's an exception, and I think that's the exception you don't have to give that that game a rivalry you don't have to give the Auburn Alabama game a trophy you don't have to give the Ohio State Michigan game a trophy it the, I know it's a Red river shootout, but i don 't even I know there might be a trophy associated with it, but you don't have to give that thing a trophy to make it a game and that, that's where I stand on the Texas game you don't, it don't need a trophy it's the Arkansas-Texas game if they're playing each other in golf swim dive soccer softball football basketball baseball any sport it's Arkansas versus Texas it's looked at differently it doesn't need a trophy yeah yeah, we went on a tangent. Yeah, man. we did. It wasn't good stuff. Here we was. We got the red white game still to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and,
0: yeah, we. I
1: know it. Well, we'll touch on it just for a few minutes. I mean, okay. they did have the red white game. It was just an open scrimmage, but really, you know, of course, Nick Smith Jr. stood out in the game for for the white side uh, with twenty two points, six for eight the free throws, seven for twenty field goals, and then Graham. Had twenty five for the red team, and he really was one of them that uh, stood out to me. It
0: was a surprise,
1: yes, you know. So one of the transfers that come in for, for Arkansas, you know, it's it was a very big surprise. It was it was funny to see <laughs> some of the people like, well, they're struggling at this. They're struggling. It was an exhibition. Have fun. Get the fans. So you look at these stats and these the free throws. I mean, and I'm telling you what, for honestly, an exhibition setting. White team went eight for 10. Red team went eight for 12. So, I mean, you look at the, I mean, in a setting like that where you're just out there having fun, I mean, yes, it was competitive because I'm telling you, with the team, the depth this team has, you're putting two teams out there that can compete in the SEC. So, yeah. it, it was really good. I think I seen one guy had seven, Johnson had seven fouls, I think, because it was an exhibition <laughs> setting. You could, you could almost foul out twice, but it was but it really good to like see. Him it was really good to see the fact that they had a really good, I mean, I don't, I think it had to be not a sellout cause it was free to get in, but it was like,
0: every seat was full.
1: You look at Jalen Graham out of Arizona state with the 22 points. And man, I'm telling you what, if you can get, do you know who, what you're going to get out of Smith Ford Johnson, you know, Brazil black, you know, you know what you're going to get out of Walsh, but if you got guys like Graham who step up, Pinyon even stepped up and had 12. Council had 10 for the, for the Red Squad. You had a lot more balance, and, and they ended up winning 64 to 59. But that's what it's going to take when we look at this team and moving forward. One of these guys that are not the, the role players, the guys coming off the bench – that's what you're going to have to get out of them to win the SEC. Brazil had 13 for the white squad. You know, you're going to – on top of your four guys, because you're not going to have all five guys rolling every single game. You're not going to have all your starters rolling. So it's going to – this is what's going to be very important. If, if you hear me talking about this in October, come, come season and SEC play, come back to this, and it's going to take some of these guys – to hit 20 on a night, 13, 15, you don't have to go for 30 every night, but having a role player come off and that, you know, that can give you 25, even if it was like, like, like I said, in an exhibition setting, knowing that's a capability, that's very promising going forward. Yeah. A name that you didn't even see coming, giving you buckets.
0: Yeah. Especially with, with the, uh, overseas trip that they had and Jalen Graham, he was basically an odd factor I, I kind of thought, yeah, he was a Pac-12, pack 12 player. I thought, okay, he was going to come right away and and do some things, and he just didn't really do much. And we came away surprised with how Kemani Johnson did, how true freshman Barry Dunning did. And we were wondering, like, okay, what about Jordan Walsh? What about uh, some of these other uh, big-time guys they brought in? What about the Mitchell twins? Like, you, You're looking at it now, and, and you think about just a few years ago when Connor Bando or, uh, in the first red-white game in Barnhill, he had like 20-something points. And you got to take some of it with a grain of salt too, because, you know, it was an exhibition game. It was against your teammates. Uh, you, you got to think about how, um, how it's going to translate into uh, the regular season ball. And I know they have an exhibition coming up against Texas in a couple of days, too, and you're going to have a lot more answers because you're going to want to know what you have in Texas. Is equally as good and talented as Arkansas. Chris Beard's done an incredible job in the transition from Shaka Smart to uh, to the uh, program that he has now. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do, Porter. Uh, as far as what what kind of exhibition game we're going to see, because I think you're going to be able to see. More I don't think it's going to be an exhibition game. game <laughs> in the red and white game, I don't think it's yeah, going to be an exhibition gonna, game because
1: no. we had just talked about this yeah. Texas thing. I'm telling you. This is going to be a statement because this is the yeah. thing. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of hype on this team, this Arkansas team. The most hype since the 94 team, 94, 95 yeah. team. So Texas is not going to look this as an exhibition. It's not going to count in the record book, but I'm telling you what, this is going to be a war. And Arkansas's got that target on their back this year and they ain't even played a game yet. So. I'm interested to see how this plays out, how this goes down. But it's going to be interesting to this year because you've got a lot of new faces. You've got a lot of new guys. For all the expectations of this team and the lack of starters you have coming back, that's going to be the biggest key is how do they handle this pressure?
0: Yeah. And you have – I think if I'm going to give my top five starters that, I, I love basketball. Basketball was more my sport in school damn yeah, football was, and I'm a huge football fan. But if I'm looking at basketball and I think of who, if, if I have a five guys that I want to start, and I know we're running up on time, Porter, and I, but I think you're going to have Nick Smith. That's going to be your star. Obviously, he's going to be the starter. But I think you know, Trevin Brazil, who who's your primary center, and then the rest of the guys, I don't know who you're going to start. <laughs> That's the only two guys that I know of for sure. They're going to start. I don't know if you can – you're going to have Anthony Black, too, I think, as a starter. But the other two positions, I don't know. Because you can rotate guys and have a different starting five every night. Maybe Devo plays as a starter, or is he coming off the bench? Yeah. yeah that's going to that's be a question. <clears throat> I think you're going to
1: have to start Kamadi to, to the beginning the season because he is yeah. that senior. You're going to have to have somebody out there because I know these guys are talented as all get. I mean – yeah. But you're going to have these guys in council. You're going to have to have these guys that are out there who've been battle-tested in these games because it's yeah. a different – I mean, we could talk about the non-conference schedule in these exhibition games, and we're going to find out in this Texas game. I believe it. It's going to be a war. But you're going to have to have Kamani out there in, in the go. And I'm not saying he might start every game this year, but just with all the freshmen you're going to have, and Devontae Davis out there as the defender – you're going to have to have the guys who've been there for your team be out there to be the generals to get all this because no matter how much talent you have, you've got to get them to groove together. So I think that's what's going to happen. And then I'll guarantee you, there's going to be a game where you're going to see a lot of freshmen. You're going to see a lot of, you know, a lot of freshmen out there starting. You, you don't know. So, but we, we got a couple of more weeks before that all plays out and, uh, program notice we will not be having the women's weekly women's sports report tomorrow I got some things coming up tomorrow but we will do that Tuesday haven't got locked down a guest yet if not we're going to roll with that Tuesday at 630 and then of course we're going to have a special guest on Wednesday one of our newest sponsors to come on and talk to us uh, for the because we don't have a game you know so the Wednesday preview show is going to be highlighting one of our sponsors and talking about his story coming up on Wednesday. So, Jacob, you got anything else to end us off, man? Go Hogs. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk podcast. It's good for Arkansas to get back on the wind track. We want everybody to get healthy enough for the Auburn game. And we will catch you on Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe.